This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. Welcome to I Work For Him. You know, we would love for you to check us out online, iworkforhim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. Martha, why don't you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with us today? Well, today, Jim, today. we are always available on our emails. I, I have to say that. So if that is something that you are an emailer, we'd love to hear from you. If you are on social media. If you're um, old school like us. If you're old school like us, you're on email, you're on LinkedIn, you're on Facebook. Uh, we're working on the Instagram thing, YouTube videos, uh, you name it. We've got it out there. But really, the key is listen to your radio. Here we are. If you are listening right now live, it is because you have your radio on. And we are so grateful for that as well. Turn your radio on. It's just a song like that, isn't there? Yeah. I don't know what the words are, though. Turn the radio on. Oh, that's where it starts? Yeah, wow. I think Very so. Cool. I don't know. Wow. That's what comes to mind. So all right. Be. So, you know, shout out to all of our stations, all over Tampa Bay, all over Jacksonville and the First Coast of St. Augustine and Folkestone, Georgia, and all over Hampton Roads area of Virginia. We're so grateful that you've tuned in. Hey, you know, living the life of a radio personality isn't all the glory that some of you may think it is. In fact, sometimes it can be hard. Being on the radio isn't hard, but does in fact get in a way of life sometimes. Today we're going we're gonna to go wide-ranging on a whole bunch of topics, marriage and family, and I work for him, and Martha and I celebrate it. Here's what it is. It's a Together on Tuesday with Jim and Martha Brangenberg show on a Friday. I, you know, it's a, it's a rare occurrence for just the two of us to have no guests, for us just to share from our hearts. And so we thought, well, it's not a Tuesday, but we had an opportunity to just share with us, which is kind of fun. So here we are, you and I, having a conversation. Just you inviting, and I. You're just full of um, <laughs> thinking of all the different old songs today, aren't you? Yes. You know, I used to do that. Yes, you did. What's you, wrong? You would what? look at me and you'd say, you have a song for everything. <laughs> you do have a song for everything. <laughs> because you know what? Back, no, I don't know what. Back when we were teenagers, we there was to, a song for everything. <laughs> there's still a song for everything. We just don't understand the words anymore. Oh. Wow, you're dating us again. I've been dating you for so many years. <laughs> 35 years I've been dating you. Oh, That's awesome. like a stand-up comedy act. <laughs> That's right. Speaking of stand-up comedy, have I told you about my mother? No, seriously. I'm not going to tell you about my mother. Uh, oh, she so might hold be on li- tight, everybody. It's going to be a, a good, fast hour. Of- she might be listening, so we can't talk about my mother. All right, listen, I want to I, I cover a whole bunch of things, but I thought we'd break it up into segments. Like this first segment, I thought... We could talk about, um, well, we should, we should mention, we are a nonprofit ministry, and we would love, we have many listeners that come alongside of us every month as part of our B1 of 367 campaign. We've asked the 367 people who are our listeners, who, are, who love our ministry, to share $100 a month of your giving with I Work For Him to keep us on the air and to help us expand the message and stories of what God is doing in the workplace all across the country. Yeah, and we have a really simple way to do that. We have partnered with NCF. The National uh, Christian Foundation. There you go. Sorry. Thank you. That's all right. NCFgiving.com. Are you sorry again? 
You just I'm interrupted me again. So we have a donate button on our website, iworkforhim.com. And there it just takes you over to our NCF uh, single charity giving fund. You can set up a one-time gift or you can do a recurring gift. And they can do it a couple different ways with credit cards or right out of a checking account. They make it super simple. You print out a copy of the receipt right there and then. And um it is a wonderful way to just set up a recurring gift if that's something that you would like to do. And that gift does not have to be $100 a month. No, it doesn't. It could be $1,000 a month. It could be $10 a month. Any gift is appreciated, and we'd love to know that you're coming alongside of us. Just know that your gift makes an impact. It does. And um, we are penny pinchers, and we're very cautious of how we spend God's money, and we are very thankful for the funds that help us to be on the air all over um, Florida, Georgia, Virginia, and then in all the stations that we are approaching and trying to all get on it all across the country. So uh, we also covet prayers. So uh, please. I thought we are not supposed to covet. Well, I think you can covet prayers. Oh, that's right. Not, not your neighbor's wife. That's what it was. <laughs> there you go. That would be a really good topic to add to today, Well, we're going to talk about that later. <laughs> we're talking about marriage a little bit later. So yes, covet the prayers. Yes, we love, we find out that people are praying for us when we go to conferences, we meet up people, uh, they find out that they're praying for us and we're like, thank you. Thank you for doing that. It's so great. All right, so let's jump in. So please go out to iworkforhim.com, iwork, the number four, him.com. Click on the donate now button and become be one of 367 people donating directly to iworkforhim to help us expand this ministry across the country. We people, businesses, so, organizations. That's right. It doesn't people. have to be just a people. That's right. It could be your pet dog. You could put it in the name of your pet dog and donate to us. As long as he's got access to your bank account. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's not talk about money anymore. Let's talk about marriage. You know, Martha, I, I don't know how many years ago it was. I do know. 1999 was the first year that we ever realized that People are asking us questions about marriage, and even though at that point in time we've only been married 13 years, people wanted to get a perspective on how to do it better, and they looked to us for some reason for ways to do it better. And it wasn't until 2008 that we started doing marriage retreats. Right. So one of the things that's just been a passion of ours is um, having a healthy marriage and helping other people with that same journey. And so a time came where we just said, you know what, let's do something to get away because we need to spend more intentionality in our marriages. And the only really way that a lot of people find to do that or to jumpstart it is to get away and do a retreat. Right. And sadly enough, there's not enough of those happening all over the place, opportunities for people to go and do that and to just teach about the intentionality. Right, in a small group where there's interaction right. and that kind of stuff. So we did some on land at some local camps. And then our, you know, I would, we got to give a shout out to Dan and Stacy Geyer came up to us. There's some friends that used to be in our small group and they said, you know, why don't you guys take this upscale a little bit? Why don't you take it on a cruise? And we're like, oh. You think people would go? Yeah. I think we probably it's, asked that. It's a that. lot more money, but it was it's amazing because then the food is good and the service is good and there's no cell phones, no children, no, no dishes. internet. No dishes, no laundry. Yeah. Just get away for the weekend. And um, it's been amazing. We started doing that in 2012. We've done five of them. Yes. And we're, we have another one coming up next February. 
We do. So those dates are February 27th through March 2nd. 2020 and um, we do have that information on our website people can go to the event page and check it out and go to the link they can it's got the password right there for them to um, go to Rick Saltarelli and the Salty Salty Breeze Breeze Cruise Cruise Planners Wow, we did that in unison. That yes, was we fun. We love and, Rick Saltarelli. He does a great job. You can look at the boat. We've gone on the same boat several times. It's just great. Out it's of 22 Tampa. feet long. It fits 40 people. Wow. No, honey, that's what you f- you test yourself at the muster station you know, to line it's even, up. And, but it's like 40 feet long. Okay. You're right. It, this The brilliance of the seas leaving Tampa Bay is gorgeous. All these windows. It's just it's a great ship. The service is always good. The food is always good. It makes me hungry. Okay. Well, you want some creme brulee tonight? For oh, me? would you make me creme brulee? I could figure it out. I don't have the little torch thing, though. I think I need a torch. Yeah, because our torch, I was grilling with it the other night. And, <laughs> it ran out and of it juice. ran out of juice. Okay. You need to put that on the shopping All right, list. so who should come? Married couples who aren't in crisis, but who see a need to work on their marriage. If you're in crisis, we don't want you to come because it's too easy to make a body disappear in the ocean. So we don't wow, want... Wow, that's kind of harsh, Jim. It was. I'd, so, But if you want to work on your marriage, and everybody argues, but if you want to work on your marriage, this is a great way to work on a marriage in a healthy way where you've got quiet, uninterrupted time and great conversations and you're surrounded by other people who want to do the same thing. How do they sign up, Martha? They just go to our website, iworkforhim.com, go to the events page. It has the information on the cruise. You you take the link over to the Salty Breeze Cruise Planners website, and there they can actually register. Right. They'll get in, Rick Saltarelli will get in contact with them by phone. He still has a personal touch. Make sure that you get the room of your choice, and um, we'll help walk you through the, the uh, process. And Rick and Karen have actually been on the cruise with us. So he knows the answers to your questions. You know, how much does it cost? It's going to be a little over a grand for five days for you. But you could start paying now. You could sign up now and start spreading it out over the rest of the year. And past cruisers have said, multiple ones, have said, this saved our marriage. So we'd love for you to join us on the 2020 Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage Retreat, sponsored by iWorkForHim. Go to iWorkForHim.com. Click on the Events tab. You remember that we used to do shows all the time on Tuesdays talking about marriage and the impact on your work because if your marriage is a mess if stuff's a mess at home it absolutely impacts everything you do all day long which is why last segment we talked about the 2020 cruise your way to a better marriage retreat i know 2020 just became 2019 three and a half months ago four months ago wow time flies four months ago so we'd love for you to join us there's only room for 20 some couples and it will transform your marriage not because we're so awesome Martha's pretty awesome, but because it gives you a chance to have dedicated time to work on it. But Martha, one of the things that we see a lot of our friends struggle with in marriage is not necessarily their teen children, but their adult children. Okay. So we- <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Martha's forgotten the dead time on the radio. Doesn't, no, I, mean, I, I wanted, I, I mean, I just, you know, I look at the years that we had raising our kids that th- those were to- I wanted to talk about a topic today that uh, on our Together on Tuesday show, on a Friday, that, that we're seeing couples struggle with. Well, I think that there's just not a lot of helps. It's not that it's, um, it's just another phase of parenting, but there's not a lot of instruction with how to parent adult children, mostly because they're out of your control. They are no longer um, 
in most cases, living under your roof, and they're making decisions on their own. And it's learning how to how to handle that phase because it's one thing when you have a toddler and you can, um, you know, control or put them in timeout or whatever it is that you want to do. But the um, when they're adults, you can't put them in timeout. So you got to figure out how to <laughs> how to do life with your adult children. You know, you we can try to put them in timeout. Um, yeah, that usually ends in worse rebellion. You know, Jim, we had somebody on a couple of weeks ago and they said something very powerful when they were talking about how a manager instructs and a leader asks questions. Right. A leader really, asks questions and a manager instructs. That's what I said. Yep. And I think that that really applies to our adult children because if we think that we're going to still tell them what to do, then you're going to have a really rough relationship filled with friction. But if you walk alongside them and ask them questions, well, why do you, why are you thinking that that would be a, a good apartment to rent? You know, why are you, what is the, what are the pros and cons? Have you, have you weighed it out? Have you written them down? Whatever it might be in asking those questions, then you're helping them to think for themselves, which is something we need to start doing a whole lot earlier. But if you haven't, you can start doing it even with your adult children. Well, and I think that that's, you know, the whole idea behind raising kids is that when you send them out the door, they're ready and prepared to live out their faith wherever they go and whatever they do and to be strong in that faith and to be able to make decisions for themselves that are wise decisions. I mean, two generations ago, three generations ago, kids went off to war at 17 years old. They, they, they're doing that today. And I mean, you, two generations ago, three generations ago, people, all the kids were getting married at 18, 19 years old and making decisions. But it seems like in today's world, those generations are hanging around a lot longer because life's gotten expensive and, you know, we're not sending them out. Well, that's true. And and there's a whole lot of different things that play a part and we don't have the answer for every scenario and everybody's family. No, but I got family, an opinion about them all. But that's the whole point here is if all we do is tell our opinion to our kids, then our we're not helping them to make good, responsible decisions. So this whole paradigm shift of asking questions and getting them to think for themselves. Somebody said to me once, you know, our goal is for them to become young, responsible adults that can make decisions on their own. Right. And um, and that is an, a, a lofty goal. And But we need to start that by allowing them to decide what they're going to wear to school, how they're going to, and and make good choices. Now, that doesn't mean they get to choose and it's the, it is right no matter what. No, there can still be rules. But, um, you know, if, if they want to wear a green shirt on Thursday and you thought they should wear a yellow, does that really matter? Let them make a decision and own it because they need to have practice for adulthood. Okay, so what is what are our roles? I mean, I think that's something that's really important for us to talk about ah. is our real role with these adult children because it is, um, I think we get confused. You know, we think that we still are supposed to parent, but yet we are an advisor when consulted, but we're not really parent anymore. We're still the parent, but we're not supposed to dictate. We're not supposed to, we're, by the time they turn 18 and head off to college or trade school or to the, the service or just leaving your house, they're supposed to be all equipped. Yeah, that would be amazing, right? If we, um, because to make that a better goal 
is a, a wonderful thing because we want them to make good choices when they are not under our roof. Um, we can't, when we can't see them, having the confidence of knowing that, you know, they have a good head on their shoulders. They've had the pros and cons of life laid out before them in lots of different scenarios. They've been allowed to fail. That was one thing I remember somebody also telling me was, you know, when their toddlers learning to walk, if they never fall on their on their butt, then they don't know how hard that is, you know, and they don't they they don't know how to push themselves or balance differently if we never let them fall. And that's a hard thing. But how do we make the transition from being parent to at some point being more of a friend, but not it's just it's not an overnight thing. So what kind of roles do you think we do play, Jim? Oh, prayer, prayer role. Oh. It's a prayer role. That's something we can do. Yes, for sometimes sure. we don't agree with our kids, but we can pray for our kids all the time, whether we agree with them or not. I mean, our role is to be available, but not to be annoying. I know, kids, if you're listening to the show today, sorry, I can be both. Uh, but, you know, it is it is something that we do we do have to be careful about uh, in, in interfering with our kids. I mean, that is not our role. It, it is if they ask, we're there to answer and advise, to ask good questions, which is what you said before. But mm-hmm. it is, you know, we need to make sure. I mean, I think I go back to, we got married young. We got married between our 20th birthdays. So... Um, I was 19, you were 20, and I think our parents did an amazing job of asking questions but not interfering. I mean, we got married, and we went off to college to finish my last year of college, and then we moved across the country. Mm-hmm. How freaky was that for our parents? <laughs> Probably very. Because your parents, at that point in time, weren't able to just buzz out and travel and meet us. And my parents came up, well, they helped us move, and they, that was something that was great. I think that probably was pretty freaky, yet none of them tried to convince us not to do it. No, and I think they saw us learning along the way how to be grown up and and allowing us to grow up. And I think that's the other thing, too. It's really hard. It's hard to let our kids make their own decisions. As much as we say, we know that we want them to be responsible adults. So power of 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 a praying parent Stormio Martian has a book that is prayers for praying for your adult children. And I've given many copies of that away to people um, because we, prayer is one of the biggest components of it. Because whether you have a incredibly well-balanced, focused, driven child, or someone who's really struggling with maybe even learning some of the disciplines of adulthood or somebody who's truly rebelling. No matter where your kid is on the spectrum of of, um, adulthood, prayer is a huge part of it because we need to let go and let God But we need to start praying for our kids when they're little. Oh, of course. But I mean, that's I think a lot of times parents will start praying for their kids so they're in trouble. We need to pray for our kids long before they're in, before they, we, they're really needing the prayer. Well, they need the prayer all along. And we've been praying for the spouses for our kids for decades, for a long time. All right. So what do you think, what do you think some of the things that we've done that our kids probably haven't liked as, you know, they're adult kids. Are there things that we've done? I'm sure there's probably more me um, that maybe we shouldn't be doing. That's a very good question. I know some. We should have asked our kids. Hey, kids, call into the yeah. studio line eight six six seven one three ninety six seventy five. Oh, too bad they're all at work oh, right now. They bad. can't call in. I'm, well, I'm sure there'd be nothing for them to call about. 
Oh my goodness! I can you think of something? Yeah, I share okay. my opinion way more than I ask questions. I I wish our parents had asked more questions in those younger years. I'm not sure I would have been receptive, but you would have been able to speak truth into me and say, you know what? Maybe what they're saying is true. But I I think I we need to be better at asking questions. I am very. I have an opinion about everything. What? I didn't know that about you. I'm just well, kidding. Sarcasm noted by my co-host, Martha. I'm just kidding, everybody. No, you're of not course, really kidding. No, we know that. Of course, I know that about you. That's what I was kidding about. Oh. Um, yes, you have opinions. It is hard to hold them to yourself. Um, but parents, we need to stick together. We need to be encouragers for each other and challenge each other to... Um, to in, be very intentional with our kids as they're growing up and getting out of the nest. Someone well, just get them out of the nest. That's somebody just thing. recently shared that whole story, Jim, about the mother bird and the egg in the nest. When they make the nest, they get it to be uncomfortable and to the point where the bird wants to fly. Oh, you know what? When we come back, we got to talk about making the nest uncomfortable. That we got to do because okay. enough, too many parents are making the nest too comfortable and their kids aren't getting out. You're listening to I Work For Him together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg on a Friday as we talk about just some things that are on our hearts. And, you know, what you miss all the time is that, you know, our, our marriage is not perfect. We do argue about stuff. But the big thing we've learned is learning to say we're sorry really quick and I forgive you and I love you and moving on. Martha, right before the break, we talked about the nest that you had this mother bird thing. Why don't you tell that again? Well, yeah, we had a guest. Actually, it was Kathy Hill from the Tax Tiger, and she was sharing the story about the um, the mother bird making a, this wonderfully soft nest to put the eggs in, and then when they hatch and the babies are born and they start to grow up and it's time for them to fly out of the nest and go on their own, um, the mother bird actually starts removing the comfortable, cushy, cotton or whatever she might have found to build the nest with to the point where the nest is becoming very uncomfortable and the bird the baby bird finally says hmm, i better go some find somewhere else that is better to live in than this nest because it's no longer comfortable for me and that analogy really works well when thinking about our adult children and you know are we guilty of keeping the nest too comfortable well i i mean i, I look at Nobody wants their kids to leave home because we like having our kids around. Yet, all of us want our kids to leave, yet we don't want them to leave. And so sometimes we just make it too easy. But, you know, we know what's best for our kids is not to live in mom and dad's house forever. So what does it look like to make the nest uncomfortable? Well, <clears throat> we made a rule for our kids. And yes, I made we made a rule. Hopefully, I did it with you that... When our kids graduate from high school, they had to get a job. And that if they were going to be in a house, as long as they were in school, rent was free. But they had to start paying for some things. But rent was free as long as they were in school. But the minute they were done with school or dropped out of school, rent was no longer free. Right. And and it just starts, you know, teaching them budgeting, teaching them that it costs something to live somewhere. Um, it's one thing to put a roof over the head of your eight-year-old and, you know, you don't expect anything fiscally helpful to come in return from the eight-year-old, but there's a point where... Well, we expect them to do things. Yeah, that's why I said fiscally. 
you know, financially, we're not so looking. physically, phys we expect the things. From we them. want. We're not looking for them to pay rent at eight years old, but when they get to a certain age, that um, you know, we, there's certain guidelines, certain parameters where it's no longer just a given because it does have an expense with it, and that's really teaching the young adult um, responsibility, budgeting. Um, the cost, not taking advantage of situations. It's one thing when, um, you know, Jim, we just talked about it the other day with um, the situation where we were building a house, the kids were little, we ended up living in your parents' basement for a, a short period of time. Um, and that we were very grateful for that. We weren't in Florida, but we just weren't, so you know. Oh yeah, there was a basement. no basement in forget, Florida. <laughs> I forget about that. But I think people know that. Um, but the... Uh, that was a time, very, very short-lived time, that we did that because of just the circumstances of being out of one house and getting into another. But um, And sometimes there's health reasons, there's other things that happen along the way, and we're not judging those reasons, but we're just talking about that that progression of life where we're trying to get them to be responsible and on their own and making the nest a little less comfy. So what are those things that we can do to make the nest a little less comfy? Because... Our kids need to know we don't want them at home forever. Now, our kids are grown and gone, so just so you know, we succeeded in doing this, but it still was hard. Like our daughter, our youngest daughter, Sarah, after she graduated from college, she was still living at home. But we started charging her rent. And what was sad is then she moved out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think your charging rent caused her to move out. Well, I think she figured out, well, if I'm going to pay rent, I might as well leave. Yeah. I Well, yeah. And that's the whole idea. I know, but I it still love her. Oh, it's oh, our it last was, one to leave the house. Yes. Yeah. But she wasn't doing it despite us No, either. she wasn't. It was time. She needed her own but, space. So stop making it so comfortable for your kids. If you have adult kids living at home, they can go and get together with a bunch of their friends and rent an apartment and live on their own. It Yes, it's probably too expensive for them to live alone on their own, but you, it's not good for them. They need to get out of the nest. Stop cooking them all their favorite meals and paying their insurance and their cell phone and their internet. It, so they should start cooking like lima beans and Brussels things, sprouts Brussels. and spoiled <laughs> spinach. Want to get that you would be in Jim's world. That That's right. Jim's world. Yeah, you know, cook. You know, yeah. There's, I guess there's no meat that I'm afraid of. Yeah, Hockey start pucked pork chops. That's right. Chicken and liver. Chicken livers. Chicken livers? Yeah. If I started cooking that, I would leave we would house. know there'd be a problem. <laughs> All right. But but it is important. Our kids need to know it's time to go. I mean, it, it, you know, even it's just there's a certain point in time. If your kid's still living in the home and they're in their mid-20s, you're the one that's got the issue, let's not talk, them. Let's talk about the relationship. Uh, if they, if when they're still around, whether they're in the home or they're local or they're far away, and we have all the capabilities of staying in touch these days through technology, um, what about that relationship? And and what does it look like? How do we keep the the conversation open and yet not domineering? Well, it's questions. But I, I think it's tough to do. I, I think in order to transition from being parent to being advisor and friend, I think the kids need to leave the house. Because, I, mean, I mean, how do you, that transition, you need it for both of you, mm -hmm. don't you? Yeah. I, I, but I think just continuing the conversations with them about life so that the door's open. You know, I think probably what helped us most is marriage mentoring. Mm. Doing marriage mentoring. Because we saw what other parents were doing and realized, Oh, we don't want to do that to our kids. We want to make sure that our kids leave and they're okay leaving. 
I mean, it, it, I think that's super important. How did marriage mentoring play into that? Because we were mentoring other couples trying to help them out. And we were like, oh, we and, and those kids, some of the parents that struggled, some of the couples we were mentoring, their parents gave them everything. So what you're saying is we could we could more easily see what happened in their family right. than they we, could themselves. We learned from the mistakes their parents made. We want to make sure we didn't reproduce those mistakes. So marriage mentoring. Let's talk about that role uh, of marriage mentor. I It is my firm belief, now you can contradict me if you'd like, but it's my firm belief that almost every couple that's out there, so it's my firm belief that almost every couple, that's like unfirm, is that that they should be mentoring and walking alongside another couple. Now, there's some couples that are such a living disaster that maybe they should get a little help first. But one of the greatest things, I mean, I think the biggest secret in our marriage is that the reason it is as good as it is is because we've been feeding our lives into other couples who needed an example. And in our good and bad examples, they're learning from us. Well, I think that that plays true in just that whole analogy. When you are feeling bad about yourself or something, if you go and serve somebody else, you it it make it serves you. Right. And so that's really this whole same concept with marriage mentoring is that when you're helping walk alongside another marriage in order for them to um, gain some new tools or um, help them with some areas where they have sticking points with each other you end up working on those things in your own marriage as well. So it really does serve that purpose of helping you be more intentional in your marriage. So I agree in the sense that when you said, I firmly believe that most, you know, there's there there's the other side of the <laughs> most. There's the people that need someone to walk alongside them. And so if you're at least a couple steps ahead of somebody and you're wanting to work on your marriage, you can show that to another couple by saying, "Hey, let's do life together. Let us let's let's talk more intentionally about our marriages when we're together, and let's ask each other questions. How are you doing? What are you are you remembering to pray together? Are you going to bed together? Are you um, getting some time alone without the kids or uninterrupted? Yeah. Are you a great turning to, off the cell phone? Right, and a great way to start getting your kids ready to leave the house is to make sure that they know that they're not the most important." And that they have to go to bed so that you can have mom and dad time. Yeah. that's That was another big thing. But, I, I, you know, the marriage mentor things, there's a lot of great programs out there, Martha, that, you know, oh, I know, you, you said something. You know, you're a little further ahead in your marriage. Your marriage is chronologically superior to somebody else's marriage. Yeah, and that can be true in most situations, being married longer helps you to just be a little bit further ahead. But sometimes it's life. Sometimes it's um, when you had your kids or if you have kids or if it's a second marriage. Just no matter what your situation is, I just want to encourage our listeners to um, ask yourself this question. Are you doing anything intentionally to feed into another couple to help them in their marriage? What are you doing in your own marriage to feed into it? And being more intentional there. Yeah, you, know, you just said something that I completely forgot. Um, uh, you said something that made me think. Mm. Uh, How long you've been married, if you have kids. Yeah, oh, the kids thing. Not everybody gets a chance to have their own biological children or even adopt. Yet you can adopt other people's kids uh, to feed into them. And, you know, that's because here's the deal unless you've had children, you don't realize how selfless you really need to be in order to be a great spouse. Hmm. Uh, and, and children tend to suck the rest of the pride out of you. <laughs> and, and so if you don't get the chance 
to be a parent of your own biological children and you choose not to adopt, you can adopt other people's kids and have them for a weekend and have them for evenings and learn what true selflessness is because that will help your marriage be better. So let's just bring up our new favorite book of the year, Jim, just The Marriage Mentor um, by Stephen Stephen Rhonda Stoppy. And um, this is a great place to start. It's a great gift for every couple that you know. Um, There's things that they can learn from it, whether they're not even married yet, whether they're newlyweds, whether they've been married a year, 10 years, 20 years, 32 years, like us. Almost 33. Almost 33. Um, But we've known each other. Really, it's a... Oh my goodness, for a really long time. 37 years this year. Yes. Sorry, did I interrupt you again? You did. Sorry. But that's okay. So I we're just you. we just want I'm our sorry. our Please listeners to hear me. you're forgiven. We just want our listeners to hear about this book because it is a great we're just talking about marriage mentoring. It's not a program, it's not a huge investment, it's just a book. Stephen Rondasapi would be our best friends if they lived right here in Tampa Bay because they I mean their book is like a verbal two by four. It's everything that Martha and I would say to you to your marriage. Get a copy of that book, The Marriage Mentor. And they've done a video for every chapter, so you really get the personal touch. It's really just a great way to to invest in your own marriage and maybe you want to do it with some other couples and, and like meet weekly or bi weekly or monthly and say, Hey, let's read this book together and let's learn some things that can help us. Um, more intentional. It's like having Jim and Martha right in your living room. Stephen Ronda Stoppy couldn't be any more like us. It just is hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty fun. It is fun. So, you know, Martha, I think one of the biggest challenges in the radio ministry that we've been thrust in is the last three years, it's just been you and I together every day in the office, together every day in the van as we cro- drive across the country. We've had to learn how to live all of life together. Yeah, which sounds really crazy because isn't that why you get married? It is, but I think most, but even in the old days, people lived all of life together, but their husbands went out to the fields or went out to go build something or went out to go kill something. And they had some alone time. We haven't. We Wait, that was like a, a radio pause there, it was. Jim. Well, it was, <laughs> what are you going to say? <laughs> we, don't, we don't have a lot of alone time. Well, from now. Does that you, bother you? Recently. Mr. Quality you've been Time? Take, no, it doesn't bother me, <laughs> but I know it bothers you. <laughs> Oh, I. You know what? It's just not the way I'm wired. I, I'm, I'm. You know, we all. Can you keep... believe this, ladies and gentlemen? She was Martha's not wired to spend every waking moment with me. But I do. But pretty she much. Which is why she's got a twitch. No, she's, I don't have. A she twi- has a twitch. Do no, I have she, a twitch. You, yeah, I don't even know it. She has a. So twitch. what are you saying, Jim? That even we need time alone from each other, and we need couples to invest in us, and so we make sure we seek that out. We're always looking for couples that are more chronologically superior in their marriages that to walk alongside us. So I'm going to turn it around <clears throat> because okay. I think that it's a different point. Da, 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 I think da, 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 that, oh, that, wow, the Turn song. around. What is that song? Who's, who's that one? Do you know the words on that one? Yes, I do. We sang it at eighth grade choir. <laughs> Where are you going, my little one, my little one? No, that's not the one. Okay, anyway, we're going to move on because we could sit here and reminisce and they don't want to hear us sing. No, I'm they don't want to hear me sure sing. pretty sure they don't want to hear us sing. <clears throat> but anyway, okay. what I want to turn around is this whole idea. Instead of you saying, you know, we need a little time away from each other because we're together all the time. But yet, even we who are together all the time need to be intentional about how we spend that time together. 
because we could be together all day and not really invest in our marriage. Don't you believe that, Jim? Right. And that's yeah. why we do our daily devotions together. That's why we do prayer time together many times during the day. It's why we end our day in prayer. Uh, and we that's why we schedule a weekly meeting that we have once a month. A weekly meeting once a month. Well, it's on our calendar every week. It is. But we don't always take the yeah, time to just Yeah, but that's work. Meet. I'm talking about our marriage. But, but it's good for our marriage for us to have a weekly meeting. It is. This is true. So are you are you calling us on the carpet yeah, right here? way to go. We have not been doing that very well. Okay, so let's change the time of week it is. I don't think it needs to be Monday morning because that's, I think, the problem. So we'll find a new time and we'll start having our Monday. We'll let you guys our, know when our, it is. Our Monday morning meetings on a different day. <laughs> it's kind of like together on Tuesday on Friday. Just like when we go on our road trips, I need to schedule some downtime on our road trips for us to enjoy where we're at. Like last month, we were in Lancaster, Pennsylvania for 20 hours. <laughs> well, and, Including and, sleep time. And we are... Very aware that this is these are not vacations; these are working trips. But we're but we would like to be able to at least you know breathe a little bit. But the point, but the point I was just what trying to point? make. What is it you're trying to say? Is that just because we're together doesn't mean we're being intentional in our marriage? So even the people that work together, the marriage has to have um, different focus so, than the work. Just like people who work in two different places come together at the end of the day, they also need to be intentional in the work. Oh, in I marriage. need to draw me a picture. What does that look like for us? And we're being real right here live on the radio. What does it look like for us to be more intentional? What would you like to see us do more of? Well, we, um, went out, we saw a sunset recently together. We did. And that was very nice. We're going out for dinner tonight. And, and that's awesome. So Those what are, would you like to see us be more intentional during I'm the day? I'm just saying that we need that intentionality. I'm not saying we need more of it. I'm not saying that So you're saying slacking. you've had enough of me. Oh my goodness. Right now, maybe. <laughs> no, what I'm saying, you're hearing this. I think I you're know, trying but, to well, be an antagonist. No, I'm not. I really want you to give me some specifics. What are some things okay, I could do better for us? On our phone, we have an app where we list our Friday bucket list. Yes. How? When was the last time we did something on that Friday bucket list? Last year. Yeah, that's Mike my... donated a kidney. We got off track. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I feel terrible guilty. Okay. That was a really good Everybody one. Everybody help me here. <laughs> that's actually a pretty good one. You, you hit us that Friday bucket list. And I'm not saying it has to be Fridays, and I'm not saying it has to be a bucket list, but being intentional, we um, we need time just to build in our marriage so that we can help other marriages. And that's what other people need as well. So We that, do. Yes. Yes. No, not just we. I said other people need it as well. I know what we've well. done. We've done really good. What? After church on Sundays, we've done a really good job of having lunch together. Out often at Panda Express. <laughs> it's really good. It is. Why are you giving me that? It's more of this quiet time. We're not I, supposed I'm to have quiet time to on radio. I'm just think of what the listener thinks about that. Is that really being intentional in our marriage or is that just feeding it our TV? It doesn't involve TV. It does. It involves talking. We're not looking at our cell phones when we go out to eat. So you're, you're right. I think it's right. good. Those are good things. Oh, I don't think they're bad. It's bad. I just was trying to think what the listener 
is going to take away from this conversation. <laughs> we hope you're getting something out of it because really that it's the key. We're learning. We don't have it all figured out. No. And I know that people that are chronologically superior to us don't have it all figured out. But we're walking this journey and trying to be faithful with our marriages. Speaking of walking this journey, we'd like to invite our listeners to walk this journey alongside of us. There's one thing that we've learned is that I work for him can't be done on our, on our own. We need people to come alongside of us, not only uh, physically by making uh, recommendations for great show guests uh, or topics for us to talk about on together on Tuesdays, even if it is on a Friday, but also financially. That's one of the things that we don't talk about a lot on the air, but we could use your help to have this. We would love to expand this ministry to all 50 states because we get comments from people from all 50 states. I wish you were on the air in our town. Now we're on the internet in their towns because we stream everywhere, but we're only on in three states. We would love to be on all 50 states, and we could use your help. We would love to invite you to help us raise the $150,000 we need this year to help accomplish that. So go to iWorkForHim.com, click on the Donate tab. Be one of 367. So what, I mean, Martha, but we've had some fun going to some conferences, finding out from people that, that they're being inspired to live out their faith in their work. They're being inspired to be more intentional in their marriage. Imagine what a world would be like if every Jesus follower was living out their faith in their work. What would that be like? Mm. Well, I well, number one, we wouldn't really be needing to have this conversation. So we wouldn't be on the air every day. So maybe we'd be singing on the air. No, I'm just No, kidding. we would not. We wouldn't do more singing. I'd, I'd have to go back and start selling cars or insurance again. But the the cool thing would be is that we'd be you know having different conversations about discipleship, about growth, about um, you know telling more of the God stories, the victories that are happening in the workplace. Because living it out, that's what we're sharing with people is how God is moving, what people are experiencing in when they decide to take a stand or do something to love on somebody in their workplace. And Which there would just we be love more those, I like of those that. stories. That'd be so yeah, incredible. There'd just be more of it. We would need more hours in the day. And we need people on the streets telling us about those stories. You, our listeners, are those people on the streets. We've highlighted people from so almost every walk of life, but of course not every walk of life. Have we ever interviewed a farmer? I just got to think about that. A farmer. Well, we had a combine salesperson we on. We did. <laughs> you know, when we're in Minnesota this summer, we should grab a farmer okay. or two and have them share their story. That'd be great. It would be great because, boy, they have to live by faith all the time. Yes, they do. All right. So we let's just recap a couple okay. things. Our marriage cruise in 2020 yes. coming up February 27th through March the 2nd. That's correct. Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage Retreat, sponsored by I Work For Him. We keep it small. We keep it simple. Guaranteed it will impact your marriage. Go out to iworkforhim.com, click on the events tab, get signed up now. You can pay for it all the, all year long so that it's not some big chunk and it's not super expensive. It's a little over a grand, uh, but, and most of that, almost all of it, 98% of it, all 90 some percent of it goes to the cruise people, but you're going to have an amazing time together. Love to have you join us. Your adult children, Martha's greatest analogy ever, make the nest uncomfortable to get them to leave. Because that's what's best for your kids, right? Right. It's not that the mama bird wants the baby birds to leave. We want them around. Uh, we want. Hopefully, they'll find a nest in the next tree. <laughs> but they need their own. <laughs> well <nest>. said. <laughs> wow. Well said. Well said. Also, a marriage mentoring. You know, walk along. 
you and your spouse walk alongside another couple that's older than you, that's more wise than you, that you can learn from, and a couple that's less wise than you that can learn from you. And if it, you know, we love going out for a simple meal or having people over to do that, Jim. It, it can be very simple. Cards. It doesn't need to be this extravagant plan. Just talk about life, but be intentional. Yeah, it's a great idea. Start working on that right now. And of course, if you've got an opportunity, we would love for you, no matter what the amount is, to become a recurring giver to I Work For Him so this ministry can expand so that these conversations can be heard every five days a week all over the country. Be one of 367. Go to iWorkForHim.com. Click on the Donate tab. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I I Work work For him. Him.